You'll be pleased to know that my Hull City side on Champ Manager at 102 um, won the Division 3 title. So you touched my knee when you said that. So are you talking to me or are you talking to everyone at home? I'm talking to you. I'm directing it to you. But okay. I think really we're talking to the wider world because I know that you don't really care. I thought you'd gone off it. I thought you said to me that it had kind of gone away I mean, as quickly as it arrived. It's two weeks, but I finished off the season. Um, Sand Andy Payton from Burnley, returning hero. He scored wow. a few. He's a veteran. Sand Young Ben Burgess from Blackburn. Um, he, he did really well back end of the season. Um, yeah, um, got promotion, signed a few different players, um, but lost interest. Um, so I'm on, I'm on hiatus at the minute. Have you replaced it with anything else? Not at the minute, but it's been, been, been a bit of a week, but with, for reasons we weren't going to. But yeah. Oh, I think we might have to, because I think that um, my my jolly repartee this week might be in small doses because I'm so tired. Yeah. And it has been one of those weeks. So yeah, just for everyone at home, we ended up back in hospital again this week with our small troublemaker. Everything is fine before anyone worries. Any everything is fine. But uh we did we did end up having a little trip in an ambulance and going back to the hospital mm. and being checked over. Um, because um, prem- premature, our son is, was born very premature and prematurity comes with some sort of long-term co- consequences. Doesn't sound like a good word, but, it, you know, you, you're going to have some challenges when you're, you've been ventilated for four months. I think, yeah, I think, we, I think you rang the doctors just to make, or oh, 111, the non-emergency yeah. Yeah. advice line, just to make sure, like, to, just to sanity check what we should be doing. And as soon as they heard his story, they pressed the panic button and uh, there were blue lights flashing down the street. And, and I got slightly told off by the 111 lady who just sort of... <laughs> I was going, well, you know, we've been in worse situations. I've seen him when it's been much, much worse than this. And she just sort of went, as a mother, you cannot take that risk. And I was like, yeah, but as his mother... That is so British thing him. to do as well, isn't it? Like, I'm sorry to bother you. Uh, yeah, my leg's hanging off and I'm just wondering whether, you know... <laughs> Never know with these things, but yeah, she was absolutely did the right thing, and we did. You know, we ended up back in uh, in the place that we're well known. Yes. Um, so uh, his favourite nurses were coming back out again, and uh, we were, were very, very well looked after. And thank you to not that they'll be listening, but thank you to everyone who looked after us on that particular day. They might. I don't think they would. <laughs> <laughs> what were you? Um, were you mentioning the podcast in uh, in the old ambulance? This is why we need, this is why we need merchandise, isn't it? <laughs> So I'm just packing his bag. Ambulance is coming quickly, quickly. <laughs> Change your t-shirt. Oh yeah, you've got to laugh. You have to laugh. You have to laugh because if you don't, you'll end up in a ball in on the floor, thinking, "What has my life become?" Yeah. But yeah, every everything is fine. Just to reiterate, everything is fine. Um, he's a, he's a, he's grumpy and not feeling particularly 100% but mm. he's out of the hospital and and where and we we are we are probably in in slightly worse position because we haven't any sleep no um, <laughs> so he's fine so this could be either a, tri- a triumph or a disaster <laughs> this podcast well that's why I wanted to mention it because I thought I don't even know what I'm saying half the mm. time because uh, sleep has been very interrupted and I found myself this morning even when I went for a lie down I said to you didn't I, I woke up and my hands were clenched into little fists <laughs> Which kind of shows you where you're at, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah, very much. I mean, obviously, whenever you go into hospital now, especially with um, things that do ask you, you need to go get a t- you go to go get a COVID check. Mm. So um, that was fun. But uh... yeah, can I can I talk about that? Because yes. So going 
to the COVID test centre. The I know it's I know, and I'm not making light of it whatsoever. But um, we've had a week, and I'm I'm gonna just go into where my brain went. Going into the COVID test centre, all I could think about, and it's probably because we've been doing this podcast for so long as well, and we've sort of been living our lives through like what, what we're watching on the telly and thinking about film and analysing. I was working out in my head, and it's probably a protective mechanism as well, working out in my head what film it reminded me of. And I started thinking of things like Children of Men, a lovely little dystopian <laughs> future tale. See, to me, it's Big Tent and it's E.T., mm. the mm. bit where they put the tube onto the house yeah. to get him out. And yeah. And it was like, because there was a lot of... Pol- not pol- polythene? I'm doing a thing with my hand. Um, like, where you have doors that you push open, but they're not doors made out of wood, they're like made out of plastic. They've made some plastic doors for you to go through. Like in E.T., where they cover the house in, like, that plastic... Why are you... Yes, I know you're looking at me. I'm just enjoying this, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, yeah. What's it called? What's Is it just plastic? Like, plastic sheeting? Yeah, but I know what you mean. a bit harder than normal, and you've got to push to go through, but it's... Well, I mean, you said pl- a bit harder than normal. Like, plastic can be <laughs> any kind of thing. But you know, like, not... It's, it, it's a bit substantive. It's not just, like, a sheet flying off in the wind, like in Flatliners. <laughs> and another Joel Schumacher reference. Um, yeah, I know, I know. See, this is what I mean. This is why we have to explain why I'm sort of in this state of mind. <laughs> but anyway, yes, it was like that. So your thing was very jolly, your E.T., reference oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's getting dragged away from elliot yeah just laugh a minute that it's the happiest bit i think they're gonna replace the ambling logo with um with instead of the bike taking off um actually him being dragged away from elliot and drew barrymore shouting he's the man from the moon <laughs> the man in the moon oh so yeah always thinking of the film references as i went into the dystopian tent um, wasn't thinking of E.T. at the time, although I wish I was at that point. But it was, yeah, it was, it was an experience, I have to yeah. say. It was an experience. And what an experience to take your small child, which you have been trying to, like, where you've been avoiding people for, like, oh, like probably a year, you know? Yeah. But where do you want to take him? Oh, just take him into the place where all the other infected people, like, we're, fi- or we're fine as well. Yes. But where people who might think that they are infected all congregate. <laughs> And it was a chilling thing of I was this morning looking up where I can get beer delivered, <laughs> same day delivery. Yes, you, yeah. you have until we got that. the results back. Um, the idea of two weeks probably says a lot about me. I wasn't bothered about groceries, but uh, if I can get same day delivery on beer, Amazon Fresh apparently. Who knew? Oh yeah, I, I wasn't that keen on uh, on that. But you know what? What other choice do you have when you want to get your beer the same day? Yeah, we'll find a way. <laughs> Life finds a way. Oh, what a segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what have we got? We've got this week, we've got a couple of tellies. A couple we? of tellies. A couple of tellies and, and a couple, couple of films. films. Right. Do telly first. Yeah, let's do telly first. As, why, as, as tradition why break dictates. break the structure of a lifetime. Yeah. Right. Telly. Watching television, watching television. It's back. It, it, it is back. MasterChef The Professionals. In a slightly different form, but still kind of the same. Well, no, I mean, it is kind of the same, just people are stood a bit further apart. So this is the BBC show, MasterChef, colon, The Professionals. It used to just be MasterChef, Amateur Hour, wasn't it? Remember Lloyd Grossman? Lloyd Grossman. Yeah. Everyone stood in a circle, mm-hmm. like four kitchens in a circle. Yeah, with lighting. Do you know like... what? I'm not actually remembering MasterChef. I'm remembering the Reeves and Mortimer sketch of MasterChef. 
<laughs> I remember everyone being... It's a shoe a... cake. It is that week, isn't it? Yeah. I remember everyone being in like little square kitchens and they had neon lights above them. Was it like different lights as well to denote, well, that's a different person in a different kitchen. And this light grossman glided between yeah. the things. and it was very dark as well. Whereas this... Well, it, it's been going forever, hasn't it? The new, yeah. the new version MasterChef yeah. with Greg Wallace. And... Our hero, Greg Wallace. Oh, I love Greg Wallace so much. Um, Marcus Waring, the yes. chef, and Monica Galetti, also, yes. also chef. I don't think a lot of people who listen to this podcast mm. will watch MasterChef The Professionals. No, I agree. I didn't used to listen. I just didn't used to watch it until we got together, and then I was like, oh, "God, you, you." Shall I tell you what? What? What drew me in? Mm. So obviously this is professional chefs, um, people who work all the way through a kitchen, people from quite junior chefs who've got quite a lot of ambition, all the way up to head chefs, people who have got very established, well-run restaurants who just want to probably get a bit of marketing. And because people who win this go on and can launch, have careers out of mm, this, yeah. off the back of this. There's um, lots of people in our area who have been on, who have set up restaurants and yeah, got Even a lot just finalists and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I think it's Peace and Loaf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, a restaurant near us called Peace and Loaf, mm. and I'm sure it's a finalist yeah. uh, behind that. But, yeah, um, so... The thing that attracted me to this, because you used to have this on, and it was every night, and I was like rolling my eyes and getting the laptop out. I, I think that the opening task on this is one of the hardest things anyone is asked to do in telly. So for those people who don't know, you a chef walks into a room, there is Greg Wallace, buttery biscuit base, and that's what we're going out on tonight. <laughs> do you want me to put that on? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. fine. Done. Um, and either Monica Galletti mm. or Marcus. Marcus Waring. And they set them a task, and it's probably something like it can be something really obscure, like not obscure for a chef, but I want well, you some, to some of it is. Yeah, some of it is. I want you to prepare these scallops, mm-hmm. um, deshell them, and then create this sauce. And I want these elements in there, and you've got twenty minutes to do it. Yeah, off you go. And you've only ever got really twenty minutes, haven't they? Say yeah. how, they always say, and how long have they got to do it? And it's always just twenty minutes, isn't it? Or yeah. they've got to um, debone a fish. And cook it in a particular way, or mm. steam it in a certain way, or smoke it, and then serve it with these vegetables. And they've got so when the chefs walk in, they'll see all the ingredients in front of them, so they get an idea as to what they're being asked to make. But there mm. are a number of ingredients on there, so if they're going to make this sauce, it's not you've got your two cloves of garlic there, yeah. and then a bowl of passata, mm. and then you know it, there'll be all sorts in there, and they have to know which ingredients to pick. It's basically like the middle round of the Bake Off, mm. but just without any instructions whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And there are some sauces that they ask them to make, where I'm like... Well, I'm sure, I'm sure a chef would know this. But then they don't. But a lot of people them, don't. Yeah, they come in and say, oh, I, I haven't made that before. I, that's not the part that I'm on. I'm usually yeah. on um, desserts or something. Yeah, I'm a pastry like chef. That. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. But some people, you can really tell, mm-hmm. like, the, the, the strong chefs, even if they can't do it, you can see in their face when they're panicking. Or there's, there's been examples where people, oh, yeah, I spent this all the time. Still managed to mess it up. Yeah, because you've got two you know, highly decorated chefs yeah. standing there 
I know they've changed it this particular series where one goes in a room and one yeah. comes out. I think for social distancing reasons or just to give it. Yeah. To I give think it... it's so that they've got someone who can commentate over it. Yeah. So if Marcus Waring sets the food task, Monica Galetti will sit into a room watching it on video, going, "Oh, he's, he's, he should really be onto the Hague by now." <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that, that that pan's not hot enough. It really isn't. Yeah. Oh, that pan's too hot now. Yeah. And then obviously they go on to just cooking a dish. Mm-hmm. Um, of or their two, choice. yeah, it's two dishes of their choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does kind of mean that the skills test kind of means nothing in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. But we've always said that over the yeah. past few, um, not episodes, uh, past few series. Yeah. Um, it's not been particularly meaningful, but it does give you an idea as to what the chefs are like. But yeah, I think they use it as a tiebreaker mm. as well. If there's two chefs that are very close, yeah, and then two go forward each day on so Tuesday and Wednesday, and then on a Thursday they have to make a meal for two critics. Yes, I need to bring up something here. Oh no, the thing that I found the shock that I found out about oh, no. your your odd crush. I'm just gonna bury my head in the pillow. I remember it's been a very difficult week. And so we've been watching this with very little sleep and also a lot, quite a lot of trauma attached to it as well this week. Um, but yes, I do have a... I don't think it's a celebrity crush. What I'm thinking... It's more of a... I just find him really fascinating. On Jay Rayner. Yes. Claire Rayner's son, Jay Rayner. I just think he's a fascinating individual. Also, his wife works in academic publishing, so, you know, big tick for me. If you're not aware of Jay Rayner, just look him up. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure whether they set, set this as a bit of a diss, that this is the kind of man that you're after. He's, he's in his 50s. It's, it's, it's not that I'm not sort far of, off, love. <laughs> it's not that sort of crush, in inverted commas. Sorry, Jay. Um, it's, it's more... I just think he's such a fascinating individual. And I just think that... Like, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great to just go to a restaurant with him and listen to him talk about the food and the restaurants that he's been to and and he's done a lot of work during lockdown to support local restaurants and and businesses so yeah i just uh so does marcus rashford but you know (laughs) i just like him i like i like him I, i find him intriguing as an individual and that's fine i'm allowed to i'm allowed to find people intriguing i'm not i i just didn't see it coming I just didn't see it coming. And it's not a celebrity... You're thinking like a celebrity crush in terms of like your version of a celebrity crush, which we shouldn't go into. But... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. But yeah, your, your, your idea of what a celebrity crush is is people that you can have romantic occasions with. And my... My things for my celebrity crush in inverted commas are people I can have like a really interesting conversation with. So would he instead of a celebrity crush, would he better be as like one of them fancy dinner party dinner party guests? guests. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's not how you described it on the time. <laughs> I'm very tired <laughs> for the fiftieth time. Also worth mentioning the best bit that happened this week. Oh yeah, controversial. At the beginning of the first episode this week, a card came up saying that one of the contestants had to be edited off. So it appeared that there were only three contestants, but in actual fact, there was someone who appeared to not be in there. Yeah, so they had to edit the programme so that we didn't see the fourth person, but the fourth person was clearly there. 
because you could just you could just tell when they were they were shooting things. In an individual skills things. test, that's very easy to yeah. don't you show just it. Don't show it. But when they're all in one kitchen, there's four of them in one kitchen, and you're going to have people walking behind. Mm. You went looking for it, didn't you? And did Twitter give you what Tw- you needed? So Twitter speculated that it might be someone who worked for the Stenoline Group, either in food development or something like that, who had used a recipe that was part of his work contract mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that that and therefore had to be removed from the episode i don't know how true that is this mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be seems to have come from a person without any sort of necessarily linked to the show that i can mm-hmm. ascertain but and the newspaper there's newspaper articles going what happened to the fourth contestant and none of them seem to know so did you just say the word ascertain i think that's the wrong use of the word as well <laughs> sorry do you mean ascertain should we say that? Yeah. Yes. Let's, sorry. Just that sounds like no. I, I do that to you all the time. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Just get you back for that, yeah. Right. Come on then. You talk, speak perfectly, grammarly perfect about <laughs> Gram- the vow. Grammarly perfect. Grammarly perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of the episode, isn't it? This is getting better. Um. Okay. Um. So Very move, tired. Move, <laughs> yeah, just gonna repeat that over and over again. Just insert it here. Um. Are we at the end of MasterChef then? Have we done MasterChef? Yeah. So, I'm just um, waiting with re- notes to. I will. I recommend MasterChef. I know there'll be a lot of people out there who really don't care about MasterChef, but it's something to have on. We have it on in the background, don't we, a lot of the time? Well, we have our tea. Well, we have our tea. Check our emails. Yeah. Catch up on the news of the day. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's something a, nice to have in, yeah. in the background. Okay, let's do the vow. So I wasn't going to watch this because I'd, I hadn't really... I think I'd only heard... You know, this is where I get all of my information from other podcasts talking about it and normally other podcasts or tv and film podcasts lead me into shows that i really want to watch but you know how much i love a documentary can you please stop looking at me and that that way while you're just waiting for me to mess up i i couldn't say a thing (laughs) you've got that look on your face anyway so it wasn't one of those documentaries that I was chomping at the bit to see. It wasn't one of those making a murderer or Tiger Kings or things that had captured people's imagination that you were hearing all over the place. Let's talk about the idea behind the documentary, what the documentary is about. Have you heard of an organisation, I'm putting that in, cap- in, in, not in capital letters, I'm putting that in quotes, called Nixium? Only in the context of this documentary from reviews that I'd heard about it. Yeah. So, do you remember Smallville? I the TV. I never watched Smallville, but I know where you're going with this. So you know there was Kristen Quek. I think her name was. She was like the Lois Lane type character. Um, I think she might have been like Lana Lane or something like that. She was always next to the. <laughs> yeah, you're going Noah Lane. I didn't. No, watch that, it. it's, okay. it's not Lana and Lane either. Is it not? No. Why would why why would Lois Lane's sister be in it? Oh, I think it is. Can we look it up? Right. Okay. Right. Yes. I'm sure. I'm sure it wasn't. Lo- I think they were trying to be different. No, and there's, not have no, Lois there's Lane a different. In. There's a different character that he dates in Small. That he. Oh, there's a different okay. love interest in um, Smallville. She's also in, um, not that person, but she's also in S- Superman Three, I think. Okay. Um, Lara Lena Lang. Right. Okay. Lana Lang. Lena. Oh, okay. Look. Lana. That's how you say Lana. It's Lena. No, Lena would have an I in it. It's L-A-N-A is Lana. Oh, yeah. 
I know, I know this person from being Fiona in Eurotrip. Anyway, a couple of years ago, I mean, it might have even been last year. I can't really remember. <laughs> Insert here. Tired. A while back, I heard that one of the actresses from Smallville called Alison Mack was up in court accused of sex trafficking and um, I can't remember the exact uh, crimes that she was accused of. But it was all to do with manipulating and controlling women as part of a cult which was led by a guy a guy called Keith Ranieri. Okay. This documentary looks at that organisation, looks at the people involved in it, and follows people who were so involved in Nixium, who were brought in completely got on board with it, sold it to other people, and it became um like it became their life. They married people within the organization. They made their money, although some not as much as, as others, as we find out in the documentary, but they made their money from the organi from selling it to people. It's a massive multi level marketing scam. Um and then we follow them as they realise this is a high control group. This is what we would call a cult. As, and we follow them as they start to wake up. Is there someone from Battlestar Galactica that's also yes, in the same thing? Yes, there is. I was trying to think yeah. of all those Is it those Callie people. from Battlestar Galactica? I, I, couldn't think it is. T- I couldn't tell you. But every now and again, they Might show... have just slandered someone there. <laughs> but uh, one of the actresses, who may or may not be called Callie. Uh... Every now and again, they show. Could I call them bit part actresses? Or people that maybe we, we know from. from Shows that aren't necessarily mainstream, so you sort of your your Smallville's, your Battlestar Galactica, your sci-fi type conventions. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of them they're not on screen. We're just shown archive footage of oh, them, okay. and then you see their name their name yeah. come up. Um, I mean, it was a slow burner, but it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. I nearly gave up after episode one because it was so slow the pace is so measured and you want to really get to the point you want to get to the okay who are these people what are they doing when are you going to wake up and the first episode is all just about the science behind what they were selling in the organization and how they were marketing it and it wasn't very slick some of the videos that they showed one of the women that we follow she says look you know i paid an extortionate amount of money i thought i was going to go to one of those massive conventions where you get your man at the front of the stage that hypes you up and tells you that you can do anything mm-hmm. that you can um you know you can you can be who you want to be and do what you want to you know who who makes a load of money from selling you your dreams you know i'm going to get on my high horse about this because I, f- I find it morally repugnant that this this occurs but anyway so she's saying you know I paid all this money and what happened well I ended up in a dodgy old holiday inn and um you know with a brown carpet on the floor and then I'm watching this video that's from the 1980s with this woman with dodgy eyebrows and and you know a, 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 a dodgy haircut and you know the lines going down the video like proper old school it, 
trying to sell me the dream mm. and she's like what on earth am i doing here and then you learn about the um the methods that they use to entice people into this program where they're asking them their deepest darkest secrets they're keeping those things on on board they're putting in char- putting in place these weird structures so you get a sash depending on where you are in the organization you rela- you must call the leader vanguard and you must call his like chief woman prefect and everyone's got these these names but she said by the third day she was absolutely on board and she's a rational intelligent woman and then she was selling it. She was out there selling it to people and bringing people on. Then she became a coach. And, and these, like I said, they're marrying people within the organisation. All their friends are within the organisation. They're all being enticed to move to a cer- certain place. End of the first episode, I thought, oh, okay, I, know, I understand the science behind it. I understand how they're using deep, deep emotionally, a lot of psychology, a lot of, cod psychology quite frankly but they're making you stand in front of a class and break down and you're meant to be having a moment you know an an emotional learning this learning you know all of these things absolutely just sort of make me want to go ah because i i know good therapy i know bad therapy but i know good therapy and these people are not therapists they're not trained and they're delving into people's deepest darkest secrets and problems and vulnerabilities and trauma and they're they're making money out of it and the whole idea of the multi-level marketing within this particular framework just turns my stomach so I went on to episode two and that's when it hooked me that's when I really got taken in because then you start to see what else was happening behind it wasn't just we're making money out of people's trauma we're making money out of people having a bit of therapy, mm. bad therapy, but having a bit of therapy and we're telling them that they can do anything. And if they feel that something's wrong with our organisation, well, that's just fear talking. That's just fear. And it's fascinating to hear the guy who was leading it. Every time someone came up with an issue or a problem or a, mm, but what about this? He would just turn it round, absolutely turn it round, turn it round to the point where he was contradicting himself two or three times within a short conversation. Mm. But the people who were listening to him couldn't hear that. And I found it frustrating but fascinating that these intelligent, rational people could not hear that he was talking absolute bullshit. Like, absolute bullshit. And, and so contradictory. But this is, this is you know, this, people are looking, and I could totally get this, people are looking for something. People are looking for a hero. And yeah. people are looking for something to to fill a void in that, their lives. Thus, be, thus explains the entire history of cults, I think. Yes. It really reminded me of what we now know about um, Scientology, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that they use deep emotional mm. techniques to... And also taking information from people about their secrets, which in... Well, in, you've got a glint in your eye there. Why? I could add I could add some secrets that I think they've got on people, but uh, well, yeah. yeah. But and in this they call it collateral. So if you want to be a part of the group, you have to tell. And I mean, some of the things that they were they were sure they were taking pictures of body parts or telling um, really awful, you know, like that that thing that you've never told anyone, mm. putting that onto camera, and that you know, if you ever broke free, 
that would be sent to all your friends and family and but people were doing it willingly and that's what i find so fascinating just lie yeah <laughs> anyway this is the reason i heard of nixium was because of this trial and this is what this documentary is building up to it's showing it's got so much archive footage because they filmed all of these events in order to sell it to people yeah. so you've got loads and loads of footage of you know people very openly talking about what was happening so you can then analyze it from the point of view of you know hindsight and showing you um what was happening particularly to women within within that organization which m- many of the people many many of the people did not know so yeah not the best documentary in the world i can name a lot more than i would put on sort of like my top my top 20 but for me for me personally the the themes and the ideas of the behind this documentary i find um really really interesting see i definitely have watched i would i would have watched this with you mm-hmm. i'm not gonna watch it now no um because you watched it without me but <laughs> you didn't know i wanted to watch it so no, why would you ever yeah. but yeah um I, I i found this really interesting um it's the suck because they're not saying here we've come up with you know here, here's something a bit random mm. they're selling it as science and that's the clever bit isn't it here's a new method mathematical technique here's a new kind of tool here's a tool for you you know and they're using that language but you see that all the time certainly just mm. everyday things such as like the diet fad of the week you know like it's oh yeah. it, it this is actual science it's yeah. proven to, to keep the weight yeah. off you yeah. no it's not no it's not. Eat, eat move more eat less yeah. Yeah, and and this idea of filling a gap in your life, I find it so sad mm. that these people were absolutely taken for a ride, and they everything about their lives became linked to this organization. That their whole being, and when you want to leave, that's when shit hits the fan, you know. And that's why you're you're calling it a high control group and. This idea of, of the cult in, in inverted commas. Mm. So yeah, I I think you would have really enjoyed this as well because you probably like me would have been shouting at the screen going don't like ca- why can't you see why can't you see and I found it so sad that people didn't have within them um, a support structure to help them with the problems that they clearly were having these were vulnerable people but also that they didn't have enough self-esteem and didn't think enough of themselves that when someone comes along and says you can change they didn't Mm. have that that voice within their head saying you know what you don't need to change you are brilliant as you are and you don't need to do other things to make your life better but at least got to wear a sash (laughs) (laughs) oh and call people funny names vanguard yeah and later on um I mean, is it a spoiler if it's a documentary? I don't know. But later on, it turns into master and slave. And you have to text someone to say, master, can I go to the toilet now? And, you know, it just, it get it goes into some bizarre... Thing. But these, these are grown, grown men and women who are intelligent, you know, like in your actresses, you know, doing these things. I mean, there's probably a lot of grown men and women that are paying to do that in uh, well, yeah. and, and, yeah, London clubs. If that's what you if you if that's what, what you're into, absolutely, yeah. you know, go for it with, you know, a great big chocolate bar on top. But 
Not in this context of yeah. this, this vulnerable people. Should we go talk about some films? Yes, let's move away from cults. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got two films to talk about. One I watched with you, one I watched alone. That makes it sound more I was lusacious. Th- was, and... and then also there was a big pause, wasn't there? Yeah. <laughs> alone. Yeah, alone. <laughs> so I'll start with the one that I saw today, which is The Lighthouse. Yes, the weird old lighthouse film. So what do you know about The Lighthouse? I know it's black and white. I know Robert Pattinson's in it. I know the guy from Spider-Man as well. What's his name? Tobey Maguire. No. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. I was about to say, like, why do you not know? Because you've just seen it. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. I only know him from... Was he not in... Has he not been in... Willem Dafoe, does he not choose to do some quite interesting, inverted commas, films? Has he been in some Von Triers? Yes, he was in... um... Was he in the sex one? What was that one called? Oh, I've never seen that. I can't remember what it was called. Maybe he wasn't. Nymphomaniac. That's it. Was he in that? Yes, he was. There we go. I mean, I... Brain working, sorry. I know him from... I know him from Antichrist as much as anything, which is oh. another Lars von Trier. Oh, is that a von Trier? Well, I'm doing well. I mean, have you ever seen that? Nope. That <laughs> has things... Not Yep, yeah, I agree. I know what's in it. That has things that has stayed with me Not all for the way me. through. Thank you. Oh, um, now I'm remembering bits of it. Oh. Sorry, yeah, there is, yeah, there is a lot of things probably not best to watch. No. Anyway, so Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are in a lighthouse. They've both got beards and it's black and white and that's all I know. Well, that's basically the story. Is that it? Yeah. They are on an island in the middle of the Atlantic, New England area of America. And they are lighthouse keepers that are sent out for four weeks at a time to this island, uh, along with supplies, and they man the lighthouse. And as you can probably imagine, things are not as they seem. This film is filled full of paranoia. It's filled through claustrophobia. The The framing of it is actually almost a perfect square. Okay. Um, so it's not widescreen. It's, it, it is... It's a telly. Yes. Well, no, it's even thinner than like, even an old-fashioned style telly. Really? Does yeah. that not drive you mad? I would be like, my eyes would want the screen to be filled. Well, no, because... You, you don't watch think... you don't watch things you don't watch old things that are in like a normal frame rate and a full screen, do you? With it stretched out. I don't know what you're talking about there, but prob- probably. Right. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? So if you want to watch Frasier, say, or right. yeah. pick, pick a random thing from the nineties. Okay. If you watch it, it's a bit. There are there are bars on the back and the are side they? of the screen. Oh, I've not noticed that. You don't watch it with like it stretched out. Yeah, but even that's the point I'm trying to make is. That those bits on the side are annoying, aren't they? So uh, why would you? I don't see them. Okay, <laughs> fine. Anyway, so I mean, this framing works for this because I think it just makes the frame smaller. People are it makes the shot more cramped, and it just adds to the claustrophobia um, that sh- that goes on in this film. These are two actors that are on screen the entire film. Um, there are about four other people credited, both of which, uh, all of which appear maybe for like ten seconds each. And this is this all takes place in the lighthouse. So this could, I mean, this could be a very, very 
odd play that <laughs> if, if if you wanted to like i'd love to yeah i'd love to see it mm. as they as the loneliness and the weather and the setting and their backstories both drive them mad it's essentially the storyline i'm gonna go on a bit of a rant about me here okay carry on I get the feeling if I'd have seen this in the film in the cinemas, mm-hmm. in the cinemas, in the cinema. God, I'm not having a good night tonight. Yeah, I think this would have been a five star film for me. Oh, because it's because you love a weird film, as we know. I love yeah. So like, and I know you're gonna say and I'm watching they're not this. weird. No, no, no. But, the, oh no, yeah. like Mother is a weird film. Mm. Melancholia is a weird film. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghost Story is a weird oh, film. Yeah, that is a You've not seen it. I know, but you told me about any of it, these and that's things. just odd. It's just odd. And it also would scare me. Anyone standing with a sheet over their head. Just yeah, Casey Affleck funny. literally with a sheet over his head being a ghost. And just not for me. <laughs> I remember when you came back, you said you were going to do that, and it freaked me out for about a month, thinking one day you'd just be stood there with a sheet over your head. Anyway, hmm. yeah, so if this was in the pictures, because of the atmosphere, because of the surroundings... Because I... And this is reflects on me. When I'm watching this at home, I don't have the laser focus that this film requires. Well, we don't have the laser focus scenario that any film requires because even without you know, a little a, snotty yes. boy, <laughs> um, someone wants you distracted all the time. I think this would still be. I would not get as much from this at home mm. as I would in the cinema where it's dark. Yeah. You're not distracted by, oh, look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm. This need, I think this is a film that requires eyes on on it 100% of the time. Okay. And I'm sure there are people that do have the discipline just to watch this at home and block out the entire world. I am not there. Having said that, I enjoyed it. Um, Was it a film that that was very, I I want to say, languid? I don't know if that's a proper word. I don't know if it's a word or if it's a word that fits this, but I, I just get the impression, you know, I always get a little impression about a film and it's yes. probably wrong, but I just get the impression that this is very stretched out, very, I can't think of the word, where you're just sat there and nothing much happens. Oh no, a lot happens. Right, okay. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are scenes which are quite long mm. for, you know, long takes and things happen, but no, there is always, the plot is moving. If not necessarily driven on screen it's a very it's a very moody piece mm-hmm. um, but it's not i think in ghost story there is a shot a long one shot where rooney mara i think yeah, just sits there and the eats, a, eats a cake yeah and, and you I just sat there watching that might be what you're you're no, watching them no, in no, the lighthouse no, no. sitting down no. and staring into the into distance no no right, it's, that's it, how i it imagine isn't that. it right no. okay mm. but but you enjoyed it. it I enjoyed five it. Stars I enjoyed it. Pictures. But I wish I'd seen this in the cinema, mm. and I wish cinemas were open, mm. and I wish we weren't in tier three. And... I know. I know. For people outside of England, um, we are in the highest tier now. We have these tier systems. <laughs> I was about we've... to tell them where to go. <laughs> for people who live in London. <laughs> yes. Also, I keep, yeah, because we're listening to a lot of podcasts where people are based in London. And they keep talking about oh, the lockdown's going, over. Oh, to, yeah. Or, um, yeah, off, off we go at the cinema, off we go at the... No, nothing for us. Not allowed in a casino, sad times. Not allowed in the theatre, not allowed in a restaurant. When have you ever been in a casino I in really the UK? Would, I would like to... I've, I've been in one in Hull. I've been to the casino in Hull. 
With you? You weren't sure about it that way. I wasn't entirely sure about it, but I hadn't been to Las Vegas by that point. So, you know, that's it. Once I went to Las Vegas, (laughs) that was it. My world was turned upside down. Um, But yeah, I don't even care about the casino, but I fancy going because I'm not allowed to at the minute. (laughs) Oh God, you're my dad. I know, I know. Oh God, I am. See, this is why me and your dad get on so well because we're both both of a similar mind. Anyway, so yeah, um, look, give it a go. Mm. Not you. All right, 100% not you. Definitely not me. If you fancy a... If you liked Antichrist, you might like this. (laughs) That's one for the poster. We're only a period podcast. Wow. If you liked Antichrist, you might like this. Okay, not one for me then. No. But enjoy everyone else watching this amusing piece of film Mm. with with a small screen. Get over that. I don't (laughs) understand why you're such... It's black and white as well. Did we go over that? Yeah, we've said yeah. that. I've said it about three times. Okay. Okay. Anyway, from, from black and white to sumptuous colour, what a segue. Should we talk about a film that we both saw together? Yeah, David Copperfield. What What's its full title? The Personal History of David Copperfield. It, I'm, I'm, going, I'm sorry, I'm going straight into it. It's wonderful. This film was just, I just, I loved it so much and it was so colourful and vibrant and amazing and I have we haven't talked about this at all we didn't even go save it for the podcast in inverted commas no. we just haven't had a chance to talk about it I absolutely love this please tell me that you love this too this was like being at a party mm. full of really entertaining people of which I am not involved in any of the jerks oh no and I think there is a lot to be said about like that's an enjoyable experience see people bouncing off each other but I just felt like like I was in a room full of people telling in jokes. Oh, I'm so sad. I'm I enjoyed so sad. it. I got a lot out of it. You don't think it's a five-star film? Oh, absolutely not. I think it's a five-star film. Putting my hand up. It's a five-star film for me. This is what happens when you don't watch a lot of films. <laughs> the cast, the direction, the styling, the, the story, every single thing about this film was five star to me. I don't think I've seen a film like this for quite some time. So before we get into an argument about this, mm. well, I don't think I don't think there was an argument to be had. I think okay. you just got a lot more I out of this than me. This is a retelling of the story of David Copperfield by um, Amanda Iannucci, who we know from uh, the I thick of they... it. Uh, he's the showrunner. Certainly was involved with Veep. I don't think necessarily mm. the showrunner. Um, the, Very sharp political mind. The Death of Stalin, mm. uh, I think was one of his most recent films. Yeah. Um, and this is a tale, I mean, there is literally every British actor of a certain <laughs> of a certain genre rocks up we in it. We had a wonderful time, because every time we cut to a new scene, we, someone, Ben Whishaw, there yeah. he is. That's Ben Wishaw. We didn't know he was going to be in this. Mm. You know, every, every every actor. I'm, now I'm going a blank, you know, because I was about to list all the people. Do you want me to list them? Because I'm on, on the MDB yeah, page. Go on. So, Hugh Laurie. Yeah. Tilda Swinton. Yeah. I'm not going to say yep after all. Peter Capaldi. Darren Boyd. Gwendolyn Christie. Game of Thrones. Morfid Clark from St. Maud. From St. Maud, your other favourite film of the week. A better film than this. Daisy May Cooper. Oh, um, what's his name? Paul Whitehouse. Paul Whitehouse. Bronner Gallagher. Just everyone. 
Everyone's in it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing. The casting is just superb. And I enjoy I enjoyed having the moment of seeing them from behind with all of their costuming on and then them turning around and going, ah, it's them. Yeah. Let's not forget Ron from Goodnight Sweetheart was in it as well. Exactly. I mean, this is what I'm there for. (laughs) So this is a not very strict retelling of the story as far as I can tell. I'm not familiar with David Copperfield at all. Maybe this is where where I'm having a really great time with it. I do not know... David Copperfield at all. I know lots of Dickens. Billy Kaus is one of my favourites. Oliver Twist, you know, all the all the biggies. Um, I thought you said Billy Kaus. I was like, who's he? <laughs> but Copperfield has just, you know, passed me by. And maybe that was part of it in that I had no idea where this story was going and I didn't have that knowledge of the book to be able to go, oh, that's not really how that happens. That's not really what, what goes on here. Maybe, maybe that is it. But I, I thought it was just wonderful it it zipped along absolutely zipped along and we had these beautiful fades in and out of different experiences that Copperfield has throughout the whole of his life I think there were beautiful fades in and out for maybe the first 40 minutes of the film and then beautiful transitions from Mm. scene to scene so people will literally pick up a book Mm. and you will go into the book and that book will then be the next scene. Are you about to say that that doesn't happen later on in the... Because there's a a particular bit much, much later on in the film where they're in a room and it starts raining within the room and that's because you're about to transition out to the sea. And maybe you you haven't picked up on things like that, but this goes all the way through the film. But there's about 14 of them in the first half an hour and then maybe two or three after that. It, but you wouldn't want it every five minutes, surely. Well, I didn't want it 15 times in the first <laughs> half right. an hour. All right. To me, there are in-jokes that are clearly part of the book. I don't know what you're talking about with these in-jokes. So, I think little things like Tilda Swinton not liking donkeys. Yeah, it's just, it's just funny. But there's, there's, there's no... It's a character It's moment. a punchline without actually a setup joke to it's it. It's a character moment. She, because she's she's we're meant when we first meet her, we're meant to think she's one of those awful characters, those awful women who come in and they take over and they're gonna be cruel. Well actually she's not. She's just very forthright and she she's she's a bit mad. And we're set up to think that about her, so when we later on see her in her own home and she's shouting, Get the donkeys off off the land, she's not cruel at all she's just a little bit mad a bit a bit a bit sad because she's by herself with Hugh Laurie um as Mr Dick I like donkey <laughs> that's, that's, that's the name of the, that's the title for this is that show the secondary, yeah. is that the subtitle yeah. I like donkey um but it was it was a punch I'm sure that there is I'm certain if you know the book I don't think it's a punchline I think it's just a thing I think it's just a thing that she says a bit like Mr Dick thinks that he's Charles the First. He is called Mr. Dick, isn't he? I haven't actually gone mad. Somewhere like that. Now, it, there's something about it. Just, yes, it is Mr. Dick. Thank yeah. you. There's something about worried. it. And this happened a lot of the way through where it seemed to be relating to a larger world that I wasn't privy to. I really don't understand that. I, I'm, I appreciate what you're saying, but I don't understand it. I don't understand what you're alluding to. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> so, 
Five stars from you. Five stars from me. I think it's it's a beautiful film. Probably should it's add it. I don't think we've mentioned the word Dev oh, Patel. God, I haven't no Dev Patel as Copperfield. I think he should have won all the awards. I thought he was amazing in this. He has to go through. Well, it was only out this year, so it's actually oh, for it? awards. Is it going to be coming up next year? Oh, yeah. I hope it wins. I hope it wins absolutely loads. And certainly for him, he has to take us through. The, the life and times of David Copperfield from from not necessarily in that way that certain films do where he's really young and then like he's dead old at the end and they put a load of makeup on to, to make it look old mm. but he has he has so many different situations in his life so he goes from being very money to being very poor to being traumatized by evil step parents to being do, do you know what I mean like just all of those transitions in his own life and I thought there were some really there were some moments with other characters where I suspect Dickens didn't have cer- certain things in mind, but the film now looks at those experiences with modern eyes. So you have experiences of depression in in men in particular. Yeah. And no way, I think, was Dickens thinking about mental health illness in young men and you know at that at that time that he wrote David Copperfield but now we we look on it with different eyes we look at it with modern eyes and we can see that some young men who perhaps have a difficult relationship with parents or having a lot of money but not being fulfilled or you know trying to find fulfillment will get themselves into a, a situation where they do feel that they've got no no way out and that's it's one mm. particular character in this i'm not saying that for everyone but i think it really Amanda Renucci really looks at it with, oh, it's not just a, a little rich boy that's having trouble. He really shows you that here is someone who is struggling with, with mental health, for example. And I really like those modern eyes on certain circumstances. Mm. I'm really glad for um, Dev Patel mm. because I think he... He's so charismatic in this as well. You, you just follow him. Well, he's charismatic in a lot of things. Mm. But when... I think after... Slumdog Millionaire, which obviously yeah. what most people know him from, he went yeah. straight into The Last Airbender, yeah. which is one of the worst films ever made. Oh, I've not seen it. Don't. Okay. Um, I'll then to this. The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Odd spots here and there. I'm just looking through is his IMDb. Lion? Lion would be the probably the, the big thing Kevin. that big thing that sort of brought him back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is the story of an Indian boy that's adopted by an in, uh, an Australian yes. couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it takes place over two timelines. Yeah. Um, a young Indian boy and then uh, Dev Patel plays the adult Indian boy who mm. goes back to find his heritage. Mm. But And then I think he's made some interesting things. Um, he was in The Wedding Guest recently and Hotel Mumbai. Um, and I really hope... Oh, this looks interesting. So he's next in a, uh-huh. a TV series called Modern Love, oh, which I've, okay. I've not seen anything yeah. of. Oh, uh, it's been on. Oh, so I was yeah. thinking, I'm sure I've heard of that before. But yeah. Oh, something to mention as well before we finish. Yeah. This is completely colourblind casting. It is just a great big two fingers up to everyone who ever even thought about complaining about this. Because just, it just boils my... Yes. When people have the nerve to even say, oh, I can't, blah, 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 you know, just go away and, yeah. And it's not it's not even making the most of it. It is just people, there are um, black people who have white children, never mentioned, it's never even alluded to, it, and it just works. 
totally works. Totally, totally, like, the best people to play the part got the part great. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I did wonder how it would come off mm-hmm. because it's it's not something that you typically see. Certainly in the things that I've, I've, oh, I've like been in watching, a, in a Dickens, yeah, in a yeah. Dickens. But yeah, just it was almost incidental and brilliantly so. Loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I love seeing all of the all those ama- amazing actors and actresses. I love the diversity. I love the fact that you had all of those those relationships. I love the just you just don't see it and it's it's an it's like yeah i'm gonna get off my i'm too too tired to actually articulate it in in a way that i would want to but yeah it was a proper two fingers up at any 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 racists um who (laughs) complained about this and finally yes you're our heaps of dickens character yeah who knew we didn't know that (laughs) ben when wishall plays uh uriah heap and how do we know Uriah Heep? The prog rock band. Exactly. <laughs> Who knew he was an actual Dickens character? So you can also go out with some uh, Uriah Heep. Oh, that's a good... Oh, and what, what do you go out with um, this week? We've got the Greg Wallace buttery biscuit bass song. That. That's going to be for a very, very niche audience, isn't it? I think Uriah Heep ma- is also for a very niche audience. Yeah. And one that might not necessarily... Uh... Yeah, I was going to have the beautiful... Because the score for David Copperfield's absolutely stunning. And I was going to go out with some a bit of beautiful score, but I mean, maybe not. Tell you what, pick some of, pick, pick some of the score of uh, The Lighthouse. No. No, I won't. What is it? Just... Uh... It, yeah, largely. Yeah, yeah. That that's very much the um, sort of trombone based, like brass, mm-hmm. um, um, like a foghorn. Yeah, sort of brass music played in the style of a fog, reminiscent of a foghorn. That's the style it's going for. I mean, you're really making me want to watch this film. <laughs> like I say, go to the cinema and watch it mm. if you can. Right then, finish. I think we've got some Strictly to watch and catch up on. Really sorry, everyone, because this, this week's pod is a shambles. <laughs> but, you know, some people like that. Some people like the shambolic versions of the podcast, so I'm told. No, so no. This, is, this is one for them. No, that's not true. <laughs> right, everyone, we'll see, you. we'll see you shortly. Next week we will be bright and shiny and we'll actually have had some sleep. Or worse. Like more than three hours. <laughs> or, we'll, or we'll be in a worse position. Before you go, just a reminder that you can subscribe to the Honeymoon Period podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can join in the conversation on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search for The Honeymoon Pod. Finally, if you like this episode and you think someone else would too, please share it. See you next time. I like the buffery face. I like the buffery face. I like the buffery face.